Clou, Kai Clou, Hedran Clou. To what's this Dao all about? A lighthearted look at Taoism featuring Dr. Carl Totten and Todd Perry. Carl is the founder of the Taoist Institute in North Hollywood, California. Todd Perry knows a little about Taoism and is mainly here because he owns a few microphones. Now, let's learn what's this Dao all about. Welcome back to What's This Dao All About? I'm going to say it. The world's leading podcast on Taoism. <laughs> uh, good to be back. That's right. Which, which means that, you know, s- then suddenly the lowliest podcast on Taoism would be much better than ours. Which is <laughs> how the Dao works. So we have some listener mail here that we weren't able to get to on the last incarnations of our show. What's This Dao All About? What's this Dao all about? So I have too many notes here. What do we got going? So we have a, a gentleman in Spain, I believe, wrote yes. to us. Okay, let's see. And my favorite part of the emails are always where they say, I love your show. <laughs> <laughs> so let's see here. Hello, Todd and Carl. My name is Fernando, and although I'm from Spain, I'm currently studying abroad in Belgium. Let me start by saying that I'm a huge fan of your show, and the ideas and concepts you discuss have had a noticeable positive impact on my life. Great. There's nothing more wonderful that you can hear than, you know, we come here, we do this, and it's fun. And then it's crazy that, you know, wow, somebody's listening to this, and they get something out of it. Yeah. Uh, The Tao is about change and moving along with it, not resisting it. Well, life gave me a good chance to practice that when it threw me a little curveball. My (laughs) girlfriend got pregnant. Mm. Although it was not in my plans to become a father at 23, it is what it is, and truth be told, I'm very excited to have a family. My intention was to write to you asking about fatherhood, but someone beat me to it on the last episode. I feel confident, I feel good, and hopeful that I'll find a job as a copywriter soon. That's what I do for a living. Yes. So I'm not worried financially. I guess my only worry is my relationship with my girlfriend. I'm not sure if you've answered this, but how can I be a better boyfriend to my girlfriend? How do I keep the relationship alive and well? She has sacrificed a lot for this baby, and once he or she is born, things will probably get hectic. Boy, will <laughs> I'd like to be the best I can be for her at times, but I really need to be on my A game from now on. Any thoughts on that, Dr. Totten? May the Dow be with you. And Todd, please send me some of your advertising guru vibes. <laughs> you can also talk to him about being a new father, too. Yeah, we are in the same boat. <laughs> We're right on point here with, are with the- uh, our friend Fernando. That's right. <laughs> so uh, so I, I said to him, I said, dear Fernando, thank you, of course, so much for your thoughtful questions. Uh, so much depth from a young man. <laughs> Your girlfriend and child-to-be are indeed fortunate to have you in their lives. Uh, I, you know, I could just tell by the questions that he's asking and the way he's asking them that he probably already is the person that he wants to be. That's right. He's asking the right... He's, he's turned the light around, right? Yeah. You know what they say. Uh, I can't give you the right answer if you don't ask the right question. Mm. <laughs> so he's asking the right question. You know, so I say in life, 
from a Taoist perspective, that which we perceive, we receive. Likewise, that which is freely given returns twice fold when we are gracious with an open heart. You know, in chapter one of the Tao Te Ching, Lao Tzu says this, a great country is like low land. It is the meeting ground of the universe, the mother of the universe. So this low land is akin to where we rest our ego, not give it away, but just allow it to rest, lying low on the land, on our mother earth, for the strength and sustenance that then fills us with the energy of great renewal, strength, and power. Out of our humility then emerges the power to sustain a loving relationship with your girlfriend and your child. This merge, The merging energies of you two then become manifest in this new little one while you just observe in great awe. By giving, you will have set the conditions to receive deeply from your girlfriend as you three then begin to explore the unlimited magic of creation. With this constant source of renewal, you will make yourself a great partner by tapping into your love as an alchemic resource. Remember, a Taoist is always ready to be surprised. So congratulations to you and your new family. You will bring blessings to the earth through your love. And thank you for listening to the show. It's a blessing. May the Tao be with you always. Ah, beautiful. And so that, go- that was my response to Fernando and also to you, Todd, as a new father. Well, thank you. <laughs> thank you. You know, I, um, you know as, it, as it pertains uh, to our, our, our listener here, oh, I forget what was the name. Fernando. Fernando's uh, question. I think Lao Tzu actually had a, a word he said about unintended pregnancy. And it was, the journey of a thousand miles begins with a single misstep. (laughs) (laughs) No, but but Fernando, congratulations. And here's here's what I have been thinking, because the baby requires you to definitely, as Dr. Carl was saying, to, to piggyback on that, the amount of ego. This was what I'm learning as a new father, that... I've got to ditch the ego at the door every morning <laughs> when I wake up to feed the baby at 5 a.m. or to feed the baby at 2 a.m. or the baby's crying when the moment you sit down to have a sandwich and <laughs> and thus begins. It's not about just you anymore. <laughs> no, as I said, I'm number three now in the house. So, you know, you got to feed the baby. You got to make sure my wife is doing well and she's healthy and supported. So you really have to relegate lots of your needs, wants, and desires for a while. Later, you can reconstruct your life and get back to what you're doing in your relationships with friends and your hobbies. But they really have to take a back seat. And I found that that is very difficult for me because I was enjoying my life previous to this. Mm-hmm. You know, and, I, and, and you know, I, I'm I'm reminded of Saint Francis. Mm. Saint Francis, another enlightened being who said it is in giving that we receive. Yes. And it is in loving one another that you will come to know and live the meaning and purpose of your life. Right. Isn't that beautiful? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, and so, you know, we've been conditioned, I think, to take, <laughs> you know, to think that we're here to take as, as opposed to giving. And yet mm-hmm. I can think of nothing in my life that is more satisfying than just genuine, unselfish giving yes. without expecting anything in return. What on earth makes you feel better than that? Mm-hmm. Nothing. 
Right. That is just pure mana for the soul. <laughs> yeah. That is nectar for the spirit right there. Right. And um, I, I think that we need to practice that so that becomes more natural and just becomes a part of who we are. Because if we can help others and by doing so get our own needs met, which actually empowers us to actually be more, do more, become more. See, that changes the paradigm about how we live mm -hmm. and how we get what we need. And what is that we, what is it that we really need? You know, it's like last show, we we're talking about people think they need this, they need that. And, you know, and yet, you know, if you talk to someone who's on their deathbed, all of those things are not going to say what they regret. Right. They're going to regret not all those things. They're going to regret not those things that they... They're going to regret the time they spent acquiring all those things. And what they miss is what they didn't do. Mm -hmm. The time they didn't spend with people they loved and cared about. The time they didn't go and resurrect a relationship or a friendship. You know, the time they turned away someone who needed help. You know, the time they didn't follow their heart that said that they should have been a writer mm -hmm. or they should have been an artist or they should have been whatever it was, a musician. You know, something that involves creating direct creation from the spirit and from the imagination. Uh, that, that falling, getting in, in touch with that inner creator, that inner creativity. That's what they miss. Mm -hmm. And what they regret is that they spent all their time instead acquiring stuff. Right. And permanent it, things that are impermanent, as the Buddha said, mm -hmm. you know, and because things are impermanent, they're going to disappear. And because we're attached to them, we're going to suffer. Mm -hmm. And his prescription. Stop it. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> Don't do it. <laughs> Let <Yeah>. it go. <laughs> uh, you know, we were talking on an earlier episode about how. It's unrealistic and, frankly, not really required to completely destroy one's ego for the rest of existence, right? Right. That you need your ego in certain ways, and you have to learn how to separate yourself from your ego at other times. You have to kind of become that bipolar person or master of the art of vacillating from one to the other. We have to become inclusive. That's what we have to become. Yes, yes. You know, um, it's, it's like a circle within a circle. All of us are circles within circles within circles. But which circle are we operating from? <laughs> mm -hmm. This little one, the ego? Or are we going to be in a larger circle that includes the ego but so much more? So you can use the ego. You can use your left brain to, uh, to figure things out, uh, to solve problems, you know, to learn how to acquire certain things that you definitely need to exist and to have a, you know, a good and fulfilling life. But that's not all that you are, and that's not all that you do, and it certainly isn't all that you dream. Mm -hmm. And, you know, the shamans have an interesting saying. The shaman says, they say the shaman dreams their life into existence. Mm. They, they learn how to have a dream, but then turn that into reality. Yes. So that you and your own creative process becomes the script by which you live. And, you know, I often say that like attracts like. And if you're walking around feeling, oh, I don't have this and I don't have that, you know, I'm impoverished and I don't have anything. Well, if that's the limit of your rumination, guess what you're going to wind up with? Nothing. Nothing. <laughs> Not a whole lot. But if, on the other hand, 
if you can see what you really have and what's really in your sphere, if you just opened your eyes a little bit, and if you can imagine actually having everything that you really need, guess what you're going to attract? Abundance. Ex- yes. Abundance, exactly what you need. And so when everybody knows, and it's an old uh, cliche, that life is not fair. Well, that's true in some ways and not true in other ways, but certainly on the, on the material level, life appears to not be fair. Because if life were fair, all of the homeless people would have homes, all of the poor people would have resources, you know, all of the uh, people who are addicted to drugs and alcohol would not be, mm-hmm. uh, all the sick people would be well, and on and on and on and on and on. And obviously, we don't have that yet because we're in a low level of consciousness. Once we evolve and ascend, it is said by the immortals and Buddha and others that what you think you create. And so you just, at some point, once we get beyond this, we just think and imagine what our life needs. And guess what? Voila, it just shows up. Mm-hmm. I suggest we don't wait until then that we start doing that now. (laughs) And that part of your meditation is creating the, through dreaming, if you will, active dreaming, awakened dreaming, uh, creating what you need to be content. And then the more you hold on to that image and that feeling, you actually, you need to think it, you need to feel it emotionally, Mm -hmm. and you need to feel it physically as if it's already there, but not from your brain, from, from your the heart. unified space in the heart. Once you do that, voila, it just materializes. You can do it from the brain, it works, but in addition to getting what you want, you get what you don't want because the brain is polarized. Mm. So you get the good things, but you also get the bad things. <laughs> yeah. So better to create it from the unified space of the heart, and then everything is complete. Mm. Well, thank you. Uh, I had one more point for Fernando before we close the listener mailbag. Yes. And uh, here's a practical thing. Uh, we, we were talking about the ego and in being a father and in being a good boyfriend and everything. You're going to have to be egoless and tend to the needs of the baby and tend to the needs of the mother. And when you're trying to have a sandwich, but you have to put it down and feed the baby, you do so joyously and not... <laughs> Uh, could you just be quiet for a minute? And it's tough not to be that way because, again, I'm in the middle of it. It's just been a couple of weeks for me, and I'm having to learn and develop these skills as, or as this morning I was, you know. And so, but I found one thing was very helpful in, in my relationship is that you still have to have some time for yourself. Mm-hmm. Even though you're giving and everything like that, you will be better at giving when you do have that moment, your ego time, time mm-hmm. to pursue your interests and your relationships and your friends and your hobbies. And so what my wife and I worked out was something very nice. And she goes, you know, you kind of get can have your own Sunday to do what you like and go see your friends and come do the podcast with Dr. Totten. And you can do these things. And knowing that when it's a Tuesday and the baby's crying and I'm stressed, <laughs> I know I'm going to have some time. Sunday's coming. <laughs> to play and do what I want and dedicate That's my good. time. I and like that, that. And then also you give that also to your wife, which you sit with the baby the whole time. And, because, and, and it's not so bad when you know that 
you can kind of get out of it for a moment, get out yes. of that milieu yes. that, that you're inside of. I agree. That's great. And so that's powerful. You know, get out and golf or do whatever hobbies, you know, play basketball, whatever you do, Fernando. Uh, have some sangria out there and uh, <laughs> take your Spanish, Save some for us. <laughs> Spanish sangria and enjoy it out there in Belgium. So, and, well, and by the way, that advice works for all caregivers. You know, mm-hmm. There are people taking care of people who are sick or elderly or otherwise uh, impaired or disabled. And that's great advice for, uh, for any caregivers out there. Yeah. Oh, good. Let's get, let's get into a, a chapter here of the Tao Te Ching, shall we? Indeed. We have chapter 21 on the list. Uh, let's, see what, let's see what we got yeah, here. Yeah, I chose that. Yes. Last time we did chapter 20, so it follows that chapter 21 right. might be a good follow-up. And chapter 21. This is a short one. Mm-hmm. Certainly shorter than chapter 20. <laughs> The greatest virtue is to follow Tao and Tao alone. The Tao is elusive and intangible. Oh, it is intangible and elusive, and yet within is image. Oh, it is elusive and intangible, and yet within is form. Oh, it is dim and dark, and yet within is essence. This essence is very real, and therein lies faith. From the very beginning until now, its name has never been forgotten. Thus, I perceive the creation. How do I know the ways of creation? Because of this. Mm. So this is, in a way, speaking of the kind of formless, as we harken back to the first chapter, talking about the kind of formlessness of it. It's both formless. Formed and yes. formless. Yes. <laughs> it's uh, very kind of the, the yin and yang of the Tao. Because um, out of each came something. <laughs> right. So I say, you know, in this somewhat mysterious passage, <laughs> you mm-hmm. know, Lao Tzu, he's kind of describing the inner nature of the Tao itself. Mm-hmm. It consists of image, he says, form, and essence, the very nature of things as they are. And the perception of this exists as faith. Now, now real quick. Faith. So in order, so it's almost like you have to have take a leap of faith in order to experience the Tao, or or to to realize it. Not because we're always constantly experiencing it, but to see it involves a faith. You're you're right in a sense that we are all we are immersed in the Tao. We cannot not be, but we cannot know it. <laughs> okay. Yes. Which yeah. means we're not experiencing it. <laughs> yes. Okay. And so the person who is not experiencing the Tao has no faith, mm. no internal faith. Instead, they need external faith. They need to believe in something outside of themselves because they have no connection and no direct experience of themselves connected and a part of the great Tao. Okay. See, that's the difference, I think, between Taoism and, and other spiritual and religious practices where faith is everything. But faith in what? Mm-hmm. Faith in something you can't see, perceive, yeah. see, touch. You know, you, Find you, empirically. You, you just have to believe. You just have to believe. Yeah. And that is, that is not the Taoist way because the Taoists believe that Everything is a part of everything, and you cannot live, breathe, look around, and exist without being within and experiencing the Tao. 
which is another way of saying God. And so if there's a buffer between you and God, because you can't experience it, but only in your brain can you have faith in it. And people say, oh, in my heart, I believe. But I really think in their head is where they're believing. Right, yeah. That's where belief is. Because you know what? When you're in your heart, you don't have to believe anything. Faith is imminent. It is everywhere it's in the in the very blood and breath of your experience. Mm -hmm. You cannot not not know the Tao. You cannot not know God mm -hmm. when you're there you, because it's so who you are a part of and are in alignment with. And so you're content all the time because you are part of the whole mm -hmm. and you know it and you feel it. You don't have to separately try to believe it. Mm -hmm. And that's the power of the Tao. And I'm convinced that's why this little mysterious uh, book, you know, from China has been around for 2,500 years and is the second. And without all of the proselytizing and evangelical fervor that has uh, pursued and supported the most popular translated book, which is the Holy Bible, this has become the second most widely translated book in the entire world with no proselytizing at all. Right. There's got to be a reason for that. Mm -hmm. And the reason I'm convinced is because it's speaking directly to the heart and it's pointing right to the heart of God, right to the heart of the Tao in a way that is unmistakable. And even if people don't understand it in their brain, they feel it in their heart and they know there's something there. Mm -hmm. And that's why Again, this is the second most widely translated book in the world. And I, I find that the, the interesting thing is with the Tao, um, there, oh, mm, that people experience it. People find this valuable when they read it and try to put it into their life because it works. Mm -hmm. You know yes. what I'm saying? It, it, it works, and it's not asking you to say, hey, you got to follow this. It's not, the Tao isn't needy. Lao Tzu no. isn't grabbing you by the wrist and say, you better be into this or else <laughs> you're going to go to hell. That's what the Zen master was saying the other day. He said, most people are like beggars. <laughs> they're like, you know, their prayers, they're like begging for this and begging for that. <laughs> you know, and the Tao is much <laughs> different from that. The, the Tao is about in uh, it, it was almost it's, it's about almost <laughs> renouncing needing things to be done. And realizing the perfection of now. Yes. It's not absolutely. saying, I need this, I need that. Please fix this. Please make this better. This is out of my control. That's why this faith is, I, I said, I say it's undivided. Mm -hmm. it's, an, it's faith in ourself as undivided from the great Tao itself. Yeah. I, and, yeah. and, and therefore, having perceived creation, we embody it and carry it. Yeah. Isn't that beautiful? Yes. That, that you know, they, they're always saying, thou art God, thou art the Tao. We are, but we cannot know it. And, mm. and then therein, I think, lies many, many of the problems that in our lives and in our world. We, 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 we've been led, we've been misled to think that it's out there somewhere. Mm, and so instead, what do we do? We embrace materialism and think that that's where the value is. And, of course, it never is because... What's the evidence of that? It's never enough. Right. Once you get 10 million, you want 20. Once you get 20, you want 40. Once you got a billion, you want 2 billion. It's never enough, no matter how much it is. Right. And so you're never happy. And if you're never happy, if you're never content, you're never satisfied, you call that, you call that real living? Mm -hmm. I don't. <laughs> that is not the Taoist way. Mm -hmm. 
and you know, and I say, you know, we, we carry the holographic imprint of the entire universe inside of us. You know, every bit of us reflects all of creation. Mm -hmm. And th uh, that's the way, that is the way this, this microcosm within the macrocosm, it, 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 we, each of us carries that. And so our, that image that uh, Lao Tzu was talking about, that form and that essence, when you no longer feel separate and isolated from ourselves and each other or the universe, everything changes. Yeah. Everything changes. And so the little kind of spiritual practice I'd like people to do this week is simple. Um, say to yourself every morning when you get up, I am the universe. Look at the vastness of the earth, the oceans, the skies, the heavens, the infinite vastness of reality, and know that it reflects you and you reflect all of it. And then see how that perspective changes and expands you and your sense of self and your place in the life process. You'll be both very huge and very small and humbled at the same time. And that's a perfect way to navigate through life. It's the the old saying. There's not a, um, you know, an atom in your body that wasn't forged in the furnace of the sun. Yeah, and and you know, the, if you look at a a, uh, a hair off of a person, or a fingernail, or a, even a single cell, a single atom, and you put that under uh, a machine uh, that can actually uh, perceive that, uh, and we actually have some like that. Uh, <laughs> Uh, that we don't know about. You know what you see when you put a single hair or a nail in there? You see the the sky, the the heavens above. All the stars that are in this sector of the universe are actually in everything that we are. Mm -hmm. We literally are stardust. We were yeah. created from stardust. Right. You know, a billion suns exploding and sending their bioplasmic energy throughout the universe that formed our Earth and formed us. That is who we are. It's amazing. It is. It, it's so stupendous that the only word that, that can en encapsulate it is the Tao. It, it is everything. Or God. You know, yeah. things that can't really be defined. Things that are bigger than our small little, you know, linear processing brains, you know, can define. Mm -hmm. But in our heart, we can feel it. We can feel that when we look up at the sky or we look at a vast ocean or you look at a little child that was just born, and in that wonder, you feel all of creation, all of life pulsing within you and around you, and you just know. Mm -hmm. You just know. And it's that pulse of life, which I feel in many ways is the Tao. Absolutely. It's that universal rhythm, that pulse, that striving, that flowing of energy, yes. that change of energy into matter that cosmic dance, and when we know that we are inside that cosmic dance and we are part of that cosmic dance and we're animated yes. by that cosmic dance, that's when we are at one with the Tao. And physics says that energy can, cannot be created or destroyed. It just is. And it's forever. And it's forever. Now, what does that sound like? It sounds hmm. like the Tao... And it certainly sounds like what uh, many other religions would call God. Mm -hmm. <laughs> You know, uh, so I, you know, to to move away from this real quick, there was, I had in my notes, I'd forgot it, a listener had a question. Oh, okay. 
And I had, I had this in my notes. And I was cool. like, oh, we got to get to this before we, we finish up our recording session here. And that's a, a user on Twitter. We have a at what's this DAO on Twitter was asking about what's the Taoist stance on LGBT rights. Oh, yes. And the interesting thing is I, I'm not sure if there was a big LGBT movement back when Lao Tzu was, <laughs> was, 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 was with us. So, you know, there's nothing in there. But, I mean, there's obviously tons of stuff about acceptance and letting people be their own nature yes. and letting people's own nature flourish to the yes. greatest extent. Yes. Uh, so... Please, Dr. Carl, what do, what do we think about That's that? That's why I said, well, so in that sense, this is an easy one. <laughs> because all of the Taoist concepts and notions are all about acceptance and letting go mm-hmm. and embracing. Right. Embracing. So, of course, all persons should have all rights equally, no matter their gender or sexuality or race, religion, ethnicity, or any of the other ways that we have of identifying human variation. And separation into the other leads to most of our human problems, you know, between people on both individual and collective levels. So the more that we see each other as basically as just like us, then the more accepting we are of our uniqueness and the more in harmony we'll be with the Tao and each other. Mm -hmm. So the Tao embraces. The Tao is open to all and accepts all because it's all in existence for a reason. Mm -hmm. It's all part of the stew, you know, the, the, the Taoist the dish is a big stew, right. <laughs> a little bit of everything. Right. And what's more delicious than a stew with a little bit of all the good stuff mixed together? Right. And that, that's alchemy. See, and, and in that alchemic transformation, we each receive nourishment at mm-hmm. the deepest levels. That's right. Yeah. Whether we're having dinner or we're looking around the world and going, wow. Look at the beauty of all my brothers and sisters and all of their uniqueness. How wonderful. How boring it would be if everybody was just like me. That's right. (laughs) That's right. I agree. So embracing diversity is what this Tao is all about. I would like to thank everybody for listening to this show. At What's This Dow About on Twitter if you want to ask some quick questions that we can uh, throw to the show. And uh, obviously, what's this Dow All About.com is our website. And we will be speaking with you soon. Thank you so much for your time and wisdom, C. Joe. Thank you. Thank you.